You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Buffalo Bills fans and Bills Mafia, this is Jamie D and Big Newt. We're coming back at you once again. It's Jamie D'Amico, that's me, and Big Chris Newton. How are you, big man? What up, though? How you doing, man? It's been two full weeks, and I'm excited to be back here behind the microphone. How are you feeling? Man, I feel outstanding. I'm a little fatigued. As you know, I've been traveling. Oh, yeah. Just left Louisville, Kentucky. Was it running for the roses with my lovely daughter playing AAU basketball? Did well there. And so now I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. And, Missouri. Uh, yeah, and so I'm in St. Louis, home of Henry, former uh, Buffalo Bills, Henry Jones. And so uh, I'm here visiting my friends and family and and uh, had a great discussion with one of my former colleagues at Florida State, who's now the dean of uh, business at Maryville University, Dr. Jason Williams. So we stayed up all night last night talking sports, and we got into the whole NIL thing that got passed since our last podcast. And so wow. um, what that is is uh, name, image, and likeness. The Supreme Court basically voted that college athletes are able to make monetary gains off uh, their name, image, and likeness. So essentially they're going to be able to get paid legally now, and there's nothing the NCAA could do to try to stop it or regulate it at this point. So each um, state will individually regulate it. Some states have not passed it as of yet. But since our last pod, one of the biggest names has been um, uh, Percy Miller, who is Master P, the rapper Master P, Bout It Bout It. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, signed an endorsement deal with a company um, for over $2 million. And I mean, oh I tried God. to do some research on the company, and it seemed like from what I've seen, it's like a shell company probably of his father's is just a way of legally probably paying him or him getting right. deals from it. Um, I don't think that he would have a $2 million deal if his da- dad was not close to a billionaire, but of course, um, but essentially, yeah. So now, and I tweeted out last week, once it passed, now that we could get college football and NCAA basketball for you gamers, um, we could get those. So that'll be back next season. So, this is a historic moment in college sports. And just to tie a nice little bow on it, um, you're like, well, what does this got to do with the Buffalo Bills? Well, it has everything to do with the NFL and professional sports because now these kids, instead of coming in as broke college students, they're going to come in basically as professional athletes into the NFL. It's a game changer. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it takes what we all know was already going on and brings it above board. And, you know, it's it's better when it's above board. We know, we know players have been getting, getting paid by boosters and alumni for years. This just, well, 
Now it can be regulated. And man, is it going to be the Wild West for a little while until they figure out a system here. And until companies like IMG, International Marketing Group, really get their get their tentacles into this. But anyway, exactly. we're here exactly. today to talk about more than just college sports. We want to sort of piggyback on an article that was written by our own Griff on Buffalo Rumblings. And we want to talk about the players on the Buffalo Bills who have the potential for breakout seasons in 2021. Now, we've seen it over the past couple of years where players seemingly come out of nowhere to make an impact. Now, Josh Allen, we know he had all the talents in the world, but we can say that 2020 was undoubtedly a breakout season. He was one of the statistically worst quarterbacks in the NFL in 2019. Statistically, he was one of the best quarterbacks in 2020 and a leader and an MVP candidate and took his team to the uh, AFC championship game. So we're going to examine who might break out of their shell on the offense and the defense amongst veterans. And then we're going to take a look at the rookie class because, hey, every once in a while, you get a Justin Zimmer who comes out of nowhere and makes a big impact. And I love rooting for those guys, especially the undrafted free agents. Yeah, and I, I agree, man. We always look at the underdogs and guys we never really expected to do much. And does that happen every year? Going back to Josh Allen, what he did was historic. And we've talked about it ad nauseum. We can't get enough of it, uh, the turnaround that he had this past season. So do we expect someone to make that kind of jump? Probably not. But we got a list of guys who would be interesting to see if they do take a step up. Yeah, let's take a look at the veterans on the offense that we think all could have the potential to be that guy this year. It is offensive guard, Cody Ford, tight end Dawson Knox, running backs, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins, and tight end Jacob Hollister. Now let me start. Two of them I'm going to take off the list right away. They are talented guys, but the issue is they're going to be splitting reps with each other. So unless there's an injury, which we don't want to happen, I don't think either Zach Moss or Devin Singletary is going to get enough touches to be a breakout star this upcoming season. What are your thoughts on them? I totally agree, and it's kind of hard. I do want to talk about the running backs because Zach Moss, um, because of COVID, he didn't get indoctrinated to the NFL like he would have. This year will be different. So this is when I'll kind of count it this year. Devin Singletary been rocked. I'm reading that he's rocked up, ready to go. He's really uh, bulked up, and he really got, got his speed stuff down. So I'm expecting him to do well uh, with a good offseason of good training and not being uh, hampered by COVID. Mm -hmm. So Cody Ford, let's talk about him for a moment. Now, he was a second-round pick. He has now played three different positions on the offensive line for the Buffalo Bills. He was injured for half of the season last year, and when he wasn't in there, he wasn't very good. So do we think that Cody Ford has what it takes to – kick it up a few notches to become a a solid starter in the NFL or maybe even the next star on the offense? This is do or die for him. 
Um, we hope the best for them. We don't want to see any high picks um, go to waste. Um, I It's funny, during many camps, what I was really looking for is, hey, this guy's standing out. He looks good. He's healthy in this. And I feel like I really didn't hear any rumblings like that. Right. Have you? Oh, no, I haven't heard anything at all uh, regarding right. Cody Ford. And, right. And so and, that, you know, that's not that's not good. You know what I'm saying? Like I was expecting to hear something more positive. Um, once again, you know me, I'm a pessimist by nature. Um, I hope he turns it around, but it is just more, I feel like it's more hopeful thinking than anything. So I think go he's going to play his way out of Buffalo this year, to be honest yeah. with you. I, I just, I haven't seen enough from him to think that it's worth keeping him around. There's probably going to be depth players on the roster that are going to outperform him. Now, I don't think he's terrible. And I think being a second-round pick is actively working against him because if he were a fourth-round pick, everybody would be rooting for the guy. Right. Unfortunately, when you're taken at the top of the draft, it's just, you know, people have a much shorter rope, let's put it that way. They, they are a lot quicker to to yank you right on out of it. And that, that might happen to him this year. Well, now, it works. Hold on. Now. Yeah. It works both ways though, because you said people got, I wouldn't say that people have a shorter rope. I think because he's a higher pick, he has a longer rope. You know I what? Think, I worded that wrong. The public right. has a shorter rope and they right. want to move on from guys. The team has those sunk costs and they want to try to get something out of their investment. Right. Exactly. Like, I feel like us as fans, we have high expectations, but he has a long rope because it just say like what you just said, if he was a fifth or sixth round pick, he would not be looked at as a starter this year. Ike Buckinger would be the starter at that spot and he would have to try to work his way up. But if you go to any depth chart, they have him starting right now. So He's getting numerous opportunities because his rope is longer because he was a second round pick. So he's actually getting more opportunities that he probably shouldn't get at this point. Right. And that really led to Quentin Spain being let go when he complained about all the opportunities that Cody Ford was getting last exactly. season. Exactly. Exactly. And I got to tell you, you know, when Brian Winters was starting, I was thinking, was it really worth cutting Ford over this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's only the things that we heard. So you know, you know how it is. If we heard the things, it could have been a lot worse, and we didn't hear a lot of the stuff. So right. for them to cut Spain, who was serviceable, I think that it probably was a lot worse. Who had just signed a three-year contract on top exactly. of it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So we gotta kind of try to read the tea leaves a little bit with that situation, but um yeah, he get he's getting probably more opportunities than he deserved. Uh, but I hope the best. Hopefully, he really worked out and got after it this offseason, got healthy. But like I said, I haven't heard anything. I was really listening to hear something positive, and we haven't heard anything. So the thing I that would make me, right. I think, happier than anything is Cody Ford becoming a Pro Bowl caliber player this season. Like that, that would be my dream scenario coming into twenty twenty one. That would be a dream. But now let's talk about the tight end position. Both Jacob Hollister and Dawson Knox, they both seem to have talent. Jacob Hollister moves particularly well for a tight end. He's a little undersized, so he's more of an H-back type. 
but they signed him from Seattle and he's a former teammate of Josh Allen. And you've got Dawson Knox who, man, he's working hard this off season, isn't he? Yeah, man. I've been reading that he went to uh tight end university where all the tight ends in the NFL kind of meet up and kind of pick each other brains. Um, about things and try to get better. And also I uh, read that he's working with a sports psychologist about uh, hand-eye coordination and exercise to help his hand-eye coordination and his eyes. So I feel like from what I'm reading, once again, like we said about quarter four, I'm reading good things about Darcy. So I feel I feel like it's more promising than the other situation. So I'm excited for him, and we need him, man. And, and you see all this past week, and I started to tweet it out, that it was the rumblings about us picking up, um, finally getting a tight end from the Eagles. No, Zach Ertz, that yeah, never-ending saga. Exactly. And I was like, they was like, oh, the announcer said the deal's almost done. I started retweeting, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to retweet this because this has been going on for months. So I'm like, whatever. And I'm glad I didn't because you see that nothing still happened. So um, I would like to use the extra money and get Josh Allen signed instead of trying to pick up and trade for uh and trade for Zach Ertz and hopefully Dawson Knox can show improvement and uh and so we wouldn't even have to pick up another tiny end. That that would be nice if Knox can get to that point. And you know, he has all of the physical talent in the world. He's super athletic. He's not a great blocker, but you know, he is a guy with the speed to get down the seam. We saw what he can do to defensive backs when they try to tackle him. God, that Bengals game a couple of years ago when he ran over two defenders on the same play, that was just mm-hmm. beautiful. That was hype. Yeah. So of these players, Ford Knox, Moss, Singletary, and oh, there's one more, Isaiah Hodgins. The guy who was a rookie last year, got injured, was put on the IR for the the entire season, but they keep talking about his ability to get open and how he just catches everything that comes his way. Now, it would probably take some unfortunate happenings in order for him to get in the lineup, but things have happened. What do we think about what we're hearing on him so far? I'm hearing good things about him, and I think that he's going to be a good safety net in case of the Cole Beasley saga don't work out. Now, Gabriel Davis moves into the starting lineup at three wide receivers, so that'll provide Hodges an opportunity. Once again, can't reiterate, do many camps and stuff. You're hearing good things, man. So he's a young player who who might get an opportunity. And I see, once again, not just injury, but the whole Cole Beasley situation that we talked about two, uh, two weeks ago, it could provide an opportunity. Because now if Gabriel Davis starts at the other wide receiver spot, then uh, you kick Sam- Sanders down to the uh, slot. Now that'll provide Hodges the opportunity to get some uh, playing time, get some balls thrown his way. It would be very interesting. He's not a burner by any stretch, but it seems like he has a knack for getting open is what they keep saying. Now, we'll see when the pads come on, though. Will he be able to get off the line of scrimmage? That'll be an interesting thing to see because, you know, in, in shorts, players look good running around playing, you know, the seven on seven game. But once you start getting hands on him in the first five yards, is he going to be able to break through that? It'll be interesting to find out. So as I said, 
Ford Knox, Moss, Singletary, Hodgins, and Hollister. Does any one player stand out to you that could that is more likely to break through than the others? I think the opportunity is most there for Dawson Knox. I think so too. I think he's got what it takes. Yeah, I think he has the tools, and once again, it sounds like he's working hard at it. So, I, if I had to bet my money, I'll put it on Knox. Well, I can't remember who it was that said it, but there was a tight end at the tight end university. It might have been Greg Olson, somebody like that, said that Knox is going to be a star. And I think that's high praise coming from your colleagues right. in the NFL. Like they, the, they stand nothing to gain by saying that. I totally agree. And it's like, and to back that up, it's like those are the things that you want to hear in the uh, summertime, you know. Those are things you want to hear. So he gets absolutely nothing for saying something that like that. So he must see the type of work that Knox is putting in, and that makes me feel good. Right. And if he can improve his route running and his hands. Now, two years ago, he led the NFL in drop rate, which is terrible. And it got a little better this past season. But you could see by the end of the year, Brian Dable didn't have a lot of trust in him, and Knox was mostly an outlet receiver. They they kept him within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Instead of using his athleticism to challenge the safeties and tight ends, I'm sorry, challenge the safeties and linebackers in the middle of the field. Eh. Let's let's see if they can get back to that. But if they do, if his head's screwed on straight and he can look the ball into his hands, that's going to be your breakout player on offense. I believe so, man. So, on defense, here's the players that we listed. Harrison Phillips, Dane Jackson, Levi Wallace, A.J. Epinesa, Ed Oliver, and here is a a, a ghost horse, F.A. Obata, who some people are saying may not even make the roster. So, let's start talking with Harrison Phillips here, about Harrison Phillips. He came back last season injured, and he did not have a good season. He was weak at the one defensive tackle position. How much of that can we credit to being a knee injury that just wasn't fully repaired? Once again, man, I haven't been hearing too much about positive about him. Hopefully he has time to recoup and uh, get back after because he showed so much promise early on. Um but once again, I haven't read or I haven't heard anything positive about what's going on with him. So in my mind, I mean, hopefully he could turn it around and do something. But in my mind, he might be a person that gets cut. Now, he began in his rookie season two years ago, out snapping starter star Lutalele yep. and putting a guy on the bench that's making almost 10 million a season is certainly laudable. At the very least. Now, cornerback, you have Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace, who are probably going to be battling it out for the CB2 uh, on this Buffalo Bills team. First of all, who do you think is going to win that competition? Levi Wallace. Once again, we talked about in the offseason us picking up another cornerback with the extra money that we freed up. Um but right now, if I had to make a bet, I would say Levi Wallace. It just seems like as far as reps are concerned that he has the upper hand if we didn't bring in someone new. 
I would say that they are very similar players. And word on the street is that Dane Jackson is slightly better at the catch point than Levi Wallace. But Wallace has now coming into three years of experience playing in the NFL and starting. And that's something you can't sneeze at. So of the two of them, I think Wallace is going to be your starter. But that doesn't mean to me that Dane Jackson is out of the running for the impact player. Because we saw in his limited reps last season, he's got a knack for being in the right place at the right time. But that begs the question, why didn't he get more playing time? Why did he spend the majority of the season on the practice squad? Yeah, true. So let's move over to the defensive line, specifically defensive end. AJ Epinesa. Defensive end had a slow start to the 2020 season after being a second round pick, but then he seemed to turn it on a little bit, got more snaps. Basically, he he took Trent Murphy out of the lineup and off the team. Uh, and then you have F.A. Obata, one of the one of the players from the international program that was signed from the Carolina Panthers, same program that Christian Wade is in, everybody's favorite practice squatter. And Obata had himself three sacks last year is a physical specimen. Right. So, A.J. Epinesa, the Bills brought in two more defensive ends in the draft this year. Epinesa is going to make the team. Obata may not. Right. What are your thoughts on those two? Well, we always talk about what you look like when you get off the bus. And, mm. and F.A. Obata is definitely the guy you want getting off the bus first. <laughs> He's the guy when you're going through walkthroughs, you want to have his shirt off because it kind of intimidate everybody else, you know, kind of put it in your mind. You know what I'm saying? What, hey, this they're pretty tough. Look at that guy. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. It's going to be a, a long road for him, or it's going to be hard for him to make the final uh, the final uh, squad. Sure. As far as A.J. Epinesa, it's never good when, even in regular work, it's never good when they bring in two people that does the exact same thing as you do. <laughs> That's they a do, good point. <laughs> right? Right? Like, if it, you know, the Jamie D, you know, Big Newt show, and then let's say – you know, Buffalo Rummy, SB Nation, bring in another 400-pound, uh, you know, big guy, former player, two guys. And I'm like, hold on, man. Why do you, why do you got two guys that, <laughs> that look just like me? Well, hold on, man. Wait a minute. And so that's what AJ Epinesa is going through. I mean, Boogie Bashman and Greg Rousseau are two high draft picks that do the exact same thing you do. So essentially, if, I mean, looking at the depth charts I've been looking at, he's He's third string, you know, at right defensive end behind Mario Addison and Greg Rousseau is already in front of him. So hmm. AJ is going to have an uphill battle. I mean, and as far as uh, playing time is concerned, it's going to be kind of difficult. Now, it was easy to get rid of uh, the – what's my boy? Uh, Trent Murphy? Yeah, Trent Murphy because he was making way too much money. So right. I don't look at it, oh, A.J. Espinosa unseating him. No, he got he, – he was a casualty of the salary cap. It wasn't nothing that A.J. Espinosa pretty much did because if that was the case, we wouldn't have used two uh, high drive picks on the same position. 
So this, once again, man, I love the fact that it's competition, and he is from the state of Illinois, the St. Louis area, so I'm always kind of rooting for him. Um, but, yeah, it, it's never good when you draft two guys highly that do what you do. So he's going to have a, a long road ahead of him. But competition brings out the best. Maybe he steps his game up. I like the fact that we got competition at, this, uh, at those positions because we need to shore up our D-line. Absolutely. And, you know, the two veterans, longtime veterans, Jerry Hughes and uh, Mario Addison, are definitely long in the tooth. You're not going to see Addison on the Bills after this season. Undoubtedly not, which is part of the reason they brought in the players that they did. And now let's talk about a top 10 pick that the Buffalo Bills had, Ed Oliver, who of the players on both lists, Ed Oliver is probably the most physically gifted uh, of anybody that we've talked about here. You know, he plays the three technique defensive tackle. And while his stats haven't been amazing, he has been a solid starter. And he may be the type of player that can take the leap from being a solid starter to being a superstar, not just an impact player like some of the other ones that we've discussed do you think Ed Oliver can make that step this year? Like my best friend always says, Nuke, let's peel the onion. That's kind of a multi-layered thing. I want him to do good, but I don't want him to do too good to where we can't resign him. Oh, don't you know oh, what I'm seriously. Like, do I do I want him to make a do I want him to make a Josh Allen leap? Then if he does that then are we going to be able to retain him? That's that's so I want him to do good, but not that good. I, I don't I don't like your school of thought at all. I, I'm sorry, man. No, be good, but all not right. too good, because I don't want you to cost more money. Do, do you not want the best players possible on your team each season? We, we can't afford the best players. You know, we are a salary cap. This ain't a video game, my friend. If he does, too, let's say Ed Oliver balls out and make a Pro Bowl, make all pro. You think we're going to be able to retain him? Or or do you want to have to make a decision on a D-tack or your quarterback? Am I? Oh, talk about a false dichotomy right there. Are you kidding me? You Do you? Uh, I don't even know what dichotomy means. <laughs> I'm just playing. Go ahead. Do you? I mean, seriously. Do you? Do you straw man argument often? Did you just say you have to make a decision between your defensive tackle and your runner-up MVP quarterback? But do we Stop have? It. A, I'm just saying. Just let's let's play this out in our minds. What if Ed Oliver makes All Pro? Okay. Okay. That would be great for this season. Yes. But now his contract up. Do you know what that's going to cost us if he makes All Pro? Ask Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, okay, absolutely. We, we thought that we was going to lose Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. I don't like feeling like that. I So I, I want him to do good, but not that good. I'm sorry. I'm sticking with him. And I, I want him to be an all pro because if he becomes an all pro this season, it may just bring you the elusive Super Bowl you have been looking forward to your entire life here. Because what happens in 2023 doesn't 
I mean, you have to plan for it. Obviously, you've got to plan for it. But I will make the tough decisions after 2022 because you can you can take him and you can uh, franchise tag and trade him. You can get draft picks back in the compensation formula. Like you're not just left with holding an empty bag. You had a great season from a good player, and then you can get something in return even if you can't resign him. You just made like, me so mad. This is the most upset I've ever been with you. Well, that's good. I like it. I'm glad we have a good dialogue. Yeah, like my I, man Mike Dicker said, I don't need a team full of Pro Bowl players. I want Super Bowl players. So he could play well and not make Pro Bowls and all pros, but still play well and we pay him and have a good year and we can still be a good defense. I don't need Ed Oliver. That would be nice. Don't get me wrong. Let me. I'm not walking back what I'm saying, but I'm not saying that if he don't make all pros, that's not good for the Buffalo Bills. I get it. But we can have him be good and still reach our goals as a team, I think, in my opinion. Now, if you said the defensive end position versus deep tackle, that's just like start Latulale. I just need Starla Tule to come back and give me what he was giving, and we could be a better defense. I don't need Ed Oliver to be Warren Sapp. I don't need that. I just need you to be good, and we can still be a top-five defense and get back to where we were two years ago. That, to me, is more Starla Tule than Ed Oliver. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay. Well, you talked me off the ledge a little bit because I was ready to throat punch you. <laughs> Like I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Wayne Brady got a choke a bitch. <laughs> you weren't ready for a Chappelle show reference, were you? I wasn't ready for that one. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Oh, uh, thank you. Brady, uh, so of this list of players, who on defense do you think has the, the most potential to break out? Levi Wallace is going to get the opportunity. I would probably say him. Okay. Um, I I think that Ed Oliver has okay. the potential to make the biggest leap forward this season just because he has so much raw potential. And I also think it's really cool to see him riding his horse to practice. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I just look at the deep tackle position. I just think it's going to be more of a rotation situation. We still got Vernon Butler, Ed Oliver, Stars coming back. He done slimmed up. Hopefully Harrison Phillips, Justice Zimmer. I think it's going to be more of a rotation situation. Yeah. Where Levi Wallace, I think, will be the number two uh, corner at this point. Once again, we talked about us adding another corner. It don't seem like that's going to happen. He's going to be the number two, and he's going to get the reps as the number two corner. So I feel like naturally he's going to be on the field more. So... Yeah, I, I think he will get more snaps than uh, than anybody on defense. I, th- I think that's kind of a foregone conclusion. You're 100% right about that. Um, now, as we talk about the, the Buffalo Bills and Justin Zimmer, like you brought up, Justin Zimmer was a... Uh, an undrafted free agent. And these guys, they can break through every once in a while. And the Bills have, let's call it an interesting draft class this year, starting with two defensive ends taken in the first two rounds. 
The Bills draft picks in 2021 started with Greg Rousseau from Miami and Boogie Basham out of Wake Forest. As I said, Boogie. both defensive ends. And then they moved into the offensive line portion of, uh, of the draft with uh, the third round selection being Spencer Brown and the fifth round selection, Tommy Doyle out of the University of Miami. No, I'm sorry. Miami University. Followed by Marquez Stevenson, a wide receiver out of Houston. Damar Hamlin, a defensive back from Pittsburgh, just like the seventh round pick last year, Dane Jackson. And Rashad Wild Goose, who's a corner. Jack Anderson, a they call him an offensive lineman. He's a guard. To me, this is not going to be an impactful bunch. Right. As well as shouldn't be. When you're when you're going to the AFC championship game, you probably shouldn't have too many rookies who are going to crack your lineup and be among your better players unless you traded way up, right? Right. And we did a good job this offseason resigning all our free agents except um the kick returner. Right. Um, Andre Roberts. Andre Roberts who who uh signed with the uh Houston Texans. And so we got we're gonna probably have a young guy kick return, which is fine. I mean we talked about Roberts. I feel like I feel like special teams is an important part of the game. Uh now we're gonna worry when somebody's back there returning kicks and punts where last year we in the years before we didn't have to even think about it. But as far as everyone else, resigning Milano, resigning uh Tremaine Edmonds. We kept our own, and uh, that's one thing that our front office promised they would do. So, therefore, a rookie, I'm saying all that to say, therefore, our rookies are going to have to come in and be uh, starters and contributors right off the bat. And if you go to Buffalo Rumblings, um, it was a great opinion piece about ranking potential impact of the rookies, and I totally agree with the article. Please go take a look at it that no one's going to be an immediate starter in that bunch. And uh, spot starters might be Carlos Bashman. That's who I think is going to be the breakout player in the rookie class simply because he's going to get the opportunities. He's going to get the opportunity. I feel like Basham and Rousseau are both boomer bust type players. And I've been watching some film on Boogie Basham and – I expect more out of him. I, I expect him to not get moved as easily as he does for a guy his size. And you're going to be surprised that I say this, but I think the cornerback Rashad Wild Goose just might end up finding himself a starter in place of Levi Wallace this year. Whoa. It's possible. Whoa. Yeah. Are you just saying that because you want a jersey that says Wild Goose on it? I think that's all you want. I want one that says Wild Goose so I can put it next to my Ashton Ubody jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I don't think there's no way in God's green earth Wild Goose makes it to the start lineup. But I feel like the easiest way to a starting position on the Bills roster is CB2. I, I feel like there's there's less impedance by the guys already on the roster there than possibly any other position. Because 
think about it. Nobody's taken over at the uh, linebacker or safety spots. You know that CB1 is locked up for the next five years. Yeah. Maybe, maybe guard. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, what was Wild Goose, man? A seventh round pick? Like, yeah. uh, go to the start, and that's, that's, that'll be, yeah, that'll be kind of hard. It I would be unprecedented, but that'd be hard. So, so he was a sixth round pick, number uh, two thirteen overall. But here's the thing: Levi Wallace was starting in his rookie year, and he was an undrafted free agent. Yeah, that's true. I just think for him to do that, that means once again going back to the rumblings and what you hear. I would have had to hear that this guy was going out there and just ding up everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like I would have had to hear, like for me to think that he was going to start, he, he would have had to be the breakout player of mini camp and OTAs and stuff. And I haven't heard none of that. So I, I don't see it happening. The undrafted free agents include Elijah Griffin from USC. He's a cornerback. Uh, Nick McLeod, cornerback from Notre Dame. Quinton Morris, tight end from Bowling Green. Uh, Trey Walker, wide receiver from San Diego State. Tariq Thompson, a safety from San Diego State. Cyrus Tuatelli, offensive line from Fresno State. They spent a lot of time in California. And... They brought in some some pretty good players here. I, I know that Elijah Griffin was a pretty good performer for USC, and he has a famous dad. But you don't right. see what he see. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't think those those guys would probably be practice squad players. I would Once think again, so. Rookie and- mini camps, we would have had to hear big rumblings for me to think that any of those guys would be anything more. What about Quentin Morris, the tight end from Bowling Green? He had 125 receptions in his career for over 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. He's uh, he's 6'2", but he's weighing in at like 250. They say that this past season, he gained too much weight. He used to be a wide receiver. He put on weight to become a tight end. They said he put too much weight on, and he looked lethargic and slow out there. Do you think there's a path to him even making the roster because of the position he plays? No. Okay. No. I don't see it. If he does, fine. But once again, we would have heard something by now if he was tearing it up and we haven't heard anything. So him just being on the practice squad will be – I mean, those guys are all just trying to probably make the practice squad at this point. I, I would think so. Or they're trying to put some tape out there to end up on somebody else's practice squad. Exactly. It's, it's an uphill battle when you've got a good team, right? I mean, this is – this is not the 2007 Buffalo Bills. Right. See, those guys, we'll be like, oh, yeah, all those guys will be starters, you know, back in the day. But now we're good, so we do good team things, and that's part of it. It's hard to make the teams, man. And and, and conversely to it, if these guys were that good, they would have got drafted higher or got drafted versus right. being undrafted free agents. I mean, that's just part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one one rookie I do want to say that may have a shot is Spencer Brown, uh, the offensive tackle. He's like 6'9", and he's massive. They say he's a project, but it would, it'll be interesting to see how quickly he develops because they're planning on using him as a swing tackle. Now, again, much like the Bills draft, it's kind of boomer bust. He was a, a third-round pick. He... He may end up being a good player because he's 
just incredibly athletic, but you may not be able to may not be able to learn the techniques proper to you know proper for the NFL being that tall. So there you have it. There's our breakdown of who we believe has the potential to be and who will be the breakout players on offense, defense, and the rookie class this year. What else is on your mind, big man? Well, once again, since we've been on the show, man, the ESPYs were this past weekend, which was excellent. Um, I love the ESPY show. If you haven't seen it, go back and look at the film. Paige Beckers gave a wonderful acceptance speech on College Player of the Year. Take a look at it. Um, but also the play of the year. I'm hearing from all my Arizona Cardinal friends. Um, the play of the year in NFL or in sports was the D hop catch, the Hail Mary against Arizona. And so when I tell people, they like, yeah, new yeah, play of the year. And I was like, well, that's what propelled us to the AFC championship game. So I will take that all day, every day and twice on Sunday. You know, there's a lot of hate on Twitter about that. And, you know, people are trying to they're trying to dunk on the Cardinals because the Cardinals didn't have as good of a year. That was justifiably the play of the year. I, I mean, it, it would be tough to select a, a different play. That was just it was a magical moment. And OK, it was against our team. But why the hate, man? They pulled off a great play. Right. Was there luck involved? Sure, there was, but there is in a lot of great plays. And like I said, I mean, if that's what if we had to give up that one loss and that embarrassing play, that's fine. You know, that day that quarterback ran all over us, we couldn't stop it. But we went to the AFC Championship game. So hope I look at it like that play turned our season around and got us focused. So I'll take that all day. When you've got a great team, you don't care when other teams make great plays against you. So it's sort of like the Barry Sanders scoring a touchdown. Act like you've been there before. We as fans, act like we've been here before. Don't let that bother you. But most of us have never been here before, though. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the old adage, act like you've been here before, but most of us never been here before. I know, but, you know, Barry no, Sanders on his very first NFL touchdown just handed the ball to the referee. Right. You would like to do that, but, man, I tell you, man, we've been through so much, and the older we get, I mean, you want to celebrate, man, I, so I see it both ways. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. What else you got? Well, I'm going to sign off. I want to shout out Zayla Event, the first African-American a uh, 14-year-old spelling bee champ, man, and the girls of Hooper also. Go on YouTube, check her out, man. Oh, so, my God. You've seen incredible. her dribbling things and juggling things, right? Yes, I have. That's why I'm like, go take a look at it, man. The girl's amazing, highly intelligent, athletic too, man. So, shout out to her. She's so, so impressive. Yeah, So impressive. Give us a song, Brother Big Newt. Hey, hey, Bills Mafia, we only got a couple of weeks to training camp, then the season's going to kick off, man. So have some cold lemonade, stay on the grill, and hey, hey.